We are in Mark 15, verses 22 through 39. And what I was saying was, uh, Jesus has gone through the religious trials with the Sanhedrin, the high priest. They're accusing him of blasphemy, uh, you know, claiming to be the Son of God or the Messiah or actually you know, going to be seated at the right hand of God. They hand him over to Pilate, who's not interested in blasphemy against the, the Jewish God. He's going to end up, his, his crime is going to be that Jesus is the king of the Jews. And you can't have a king of the Jews uh, because Rome is the ruling class. Pilate is the governor that's replaced any kind of a king in the line of Herod. And so Jesus would be an imposter or someone that is trying to uh, take uh, away the Roman authority. Now, Pilate is not upset with Jesus. In fact, he's trying to set him free but realizes that with the accusations going on that he's going to get in trouble if he doesn't do something about this person that's an imposter, is the king of the Jews, he could end up in trouble with Caesar. So he's handed him over to the soldiers who have now taken him on the way to uh, his crucifixion. And what I want to do right here to start with is see if I can go through this. I'm going to show you a bunch of pictures uh, that's going to involve, uh, well, let's look at this first one. If I can get this set up right, here we go. Oh, first of all, this is something I should have shown you last week. This is a thorns. See the thorns are from the Mount of Olives. And that's, remember they put a crown of thorns on him. And here's a coin, coin of Nero from right around 65 AD. And on one side, it's, he's, he's got the Egyptian headdress on, which is like a, a cobra coming up over the top. This has got the little spikes coming out, which represents the deity. So you can kind of see... The, the, the spikes, if they were like this, we're not sure exactly what kind of, they had thorns in it, what they were, but that would represent even the, the deity uh, of, of Christ, or it would be the victor's crown or whatever. I just thought, I'd take, I took that picture on the Mount of Olives and thought, well, now that I've got it, I should show it to you. But here's a picture that we've got right here with, uh, the, 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 and you're familiar with this. This is uh, where Pilate is at, the pal- palace of Herod. And Jesus is going to be here and then go out this gate to the crucifixion. This road is one of the main roads coming in right here. Notice right here, it's a road that goes to Emmaus. And you know Emmaus because after the resurrection, some of the disciples were on their way to Emmaus. So they would have walked. And again, you just can't go out anyway. There's certain, you got to go through the hills and different valleys and stuff. So if you're going to go up into this general area, this would be the way you'd go. Even if you're going north or west, you'd go out this way. So this is the road to Emmaus. So they would have walked past the place of the crucifixion on their way. And it's on this road, somewhere on that road, Jesus appears to them and has an entire conversation with them, explaining scripture all the way to Emmaus and then even eats with them. And then... He reveals himself, and they walk all the way back after having spent the day traveling. But anyway, this is where the crucifixion and the burial is going to take place. There's, there's a garden right here. We're going to take a look at, look at some of these things. A garden right here. It's a, an abandoned quarry, probably shaped just like this, where they've exhausted the stones, and they've turned it into a garden, put down dirt, and they're using whatever left of the stones to carve tombs in. There's a lot of tombs out here on the, on, on the, on the, on the uh uh, Mount of Olives. There's some down in the Hinnom Valley. And we'll look at some of those today. Now, if you've got the trial of Jesus at, with Pilate being right here at Fort Antonia, the way to the cross would be this way, out this same location, but out this door, a gate. That's what they call Via Della Rosa. Like when you go to Via Della Rosa, that's the, this is where they, all the Easter celebration takes place here. But most likely, this was the place he would have went out this gate to there for the crucifixion. Now with that, we now come to, this is that place right there where the crucifixion is at today, outside that gate. There's the cross, and there is the tomb right there, the tombs and the cross. On this picture right here, standing on the Mount of Olives, looking over the Kidron Valley at the eastern wall of the city, the Dome of the Rock where the temple used to stand on the Temple Mount. Those trees shouldn't be there. There's just there's wild growth on the Temple Mount. Uh, but that's the, that's the place of the crucifixion. So there would have been a wall going right here. The Temple Mount would have been here. This would be the road to Emmaus going out this way. And that's the two domes right there of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is the place. There it is again. There's the cross over Calvary. There's the a symbol of resurrection over uh, the place of the tombs. It, it's very confusing when you get there because it's, it's inside the city. It's inside this big, old, old building. I mean, we're not talking like the 1800s. We're talking stuff's been there since, you know, 600, 400. Well, definitely since 1,000, since the Crusaders. It's been there since 1,000. It's been there for 1,000 years. 
and it just keeps building up. So that's that, but we're going to look inside that. This right you see right there, those two domes are what you see right here. Today, that's the place of the tomb. This is the place of Cal Calvary right here. That's what's, where the domes are located. So this is what it would look like. You would have a, a uh, this is a, a, a sepulcher that's been built today that's not the original sepulcher. It's just built over where the tomb was. I'll explain it as we get going. But that's where the dome, that's where the church is sitting today. Uh, this now, I'm in, I'm standing in, I'm standing right about here looking towards Calvary inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre right here. So up here would be the Rock of Calvary. This is about 100 to 125 feet. So I'm standing right well here. You can see that picture. There, there's the picture I just showed you. There's the floor plan. There's Calvary, the rock that still is there. And that's the tomb covered up. And that's the whole building with the two domes on top of it. If I do this right here, you can see there's an X. I got an X right there. That's where I'm obviously standing, right about there in this picture, looking at Calvary. Right to my side going this way is the tomb. You can see the red X right there, the same location. If I can do this right there. Ooh, there, that's, I'm standing in this picture looking at Calvary with the, the sepulcher being right here. Inside there is the burial bench of Christ. It's been, I'll explain what has taken place. This all used to be rock. They chiseled it away to form a Constantine, and I'll show you the picture in a moment. Just like this is solid rock, you can see this when you're standing on the Temple Mount looking at the Mount of Olives. You can see the rock of the, of the Mount of Olives there. During Jesus' life, they cut this away. This is all original stone. They just carved it out of there for a, a sepulcher for one of the priests. There's a tomb up here that's connected into here. There's also a tomb here. There's several of those. That's what Constantine is going to do. He's going to chip away this stone and leaving a little building here that covers the tomb of Christ. The Muslims around 1000 A.D. are going to come in and crush all of it, <coughs> destroy it, uh, including Constantine's great Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's going to be uncovered by the Crusaders a little bit later. But as I said here, Right there, I am in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, standing. If I was standing here and Jesus would be on the cross here, they would take his body down, take it about 100, 125 feet, and put it in a tomb right here. I'm standing here looking at Calvary. There's the tomb right off here to the side. Same place right here. That would be the, all that rock is going to get cut out in 325. There is what, there's your wall of the city. There's Calvary, 100, 125 feet. There's the tomb of Christ. Roll the stone back. There's going to be a whole collection of, of carving on the inside of a room to go in place to lay the body and place to slide the bodies in right here to let them they'll be wrapped up until they decay then they take the bones out and then put them into these ossuaries that we're going to look at here these stone boxes like this and they're they're you know about this big and the bones be placed in there and then left in the the sepulcher left in the family tomb. This is the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, and it's like, why is he, where is he going to get buried? Well, the same place. Because Jesus, just be, theoretically, Jesus, his, his body will decay, his bones will be collected and put into a box, an ossuary, set on the shelf and put his name carved in it. And then they would be buried. And that some of these places, I'll show you some of them. These places, they're, they're ready for two or three different bodies at a time. They could handle their family too. Now, the rich are doing this. This is not like everybody. But this was only done, this burial practice was only practiced, say, some like between like 50 B.C. up until 70 A.D. This is not like they did, always did it like this. They did it for this little window of time, very small window of time that they used this type of tomb, the ossuaries, and the collection of the family ossuaries, uh, that after 70 A.D., that stopped. Before 100 B.C., it, they weren't doing it like that. Th they always been burying people, but they've been different styles. So Jesus fits right in here in this perfect time this is going to be taking place. There's just a close-up. We're familiar with this. It's a close-up of uh, where the crucifixion road to er uh, Emmaus is there. And here is, again, we're looking at, again, a, a, a view. There's the city wall. There's Calvary. Here's the empty quarry. You would have a rolling stone right here. You'd walk in an entryway here. There'd be a room here. There'd be a place to set the body on a shelf or a place right here. This all is going to get cut away by Constantine. The only thing they're going to keep is this burial bench 
and uh, build a building around out of this stone, just like you see there. Uh, here's another view of it. Uh, Constantine's going to put his... Now, what Constantine is going to do in 325, he's going to put a building over this whole area here. This is where you're going to have a basilica. You're going to have people will be sitting here. Your speaker will stand right here. And you'll have an open courtyard. So you look out on the open courtyard. If I was talking in front of the congregation and I'd be in some kind of a, a cove, an area, kind of a curved area, steps coming up, I'd be addressing everybody. You could look out the window and see Calvary right in the window. And then over here would be, in behind Calvary, would be a carved out big sepulcher of where Jesus had been buried. And that is how the church is going to be in 325. Constantine's going to do this location. Uh, there's your stone that would roll. That's your entryway that you'll stand, and then this is where Jesus' body would be buried. Today, this is the only thing you see right here. This has all been cut away by Constantine. He just kept this part. Uh, now, in 132, uh, the Jews revolt again. Hadrian comes in, puts that revolt down, takes him three years. 135, that ends. And he's so tired of the Jews, uh, they were allowed to come back into Jerusalem after 70 AD, but at this time, the Jews, you cannot come into the city. And he, he desecrates everything he can, makes everything unholy, apparently including the place of Jesus' death and burial. Up until 335, this place was honored by the Christians. They knew where it was. Nobody built any, they're under persecution, so they're not building monuments. They're not building, there's no church buildings. In 135, there's no church buildings. You go to church, you go to someone's home. You go to someone, you meet together at different places. The Jews would meet on the Temple Mount. They didn't have to go to the church. There's no, there's no holy sepulcher. There's just this location here, uh, and it's, it's not even honored by the Jews. It's honored by the Christians. But it was a holy site, and so Hadrian built over the top of it a pagan shrine. Just like you have the wall going around Mount Moriah and then you filled it in to make a flat temple mount to put the temple on and have all your religious activities. He does the same thing, builds over the top of, you can see right there, builds over the top of Calvary, builds stones, or in fact some of these stones that he's using are stones from the temple mount. They can still see some down deep. The original stones from the temple that were just brought over here. Build a retaining wall. Filled this in. Covered up Calvary. Put a statue of Jupiter here. Venus here in what is going to become the courtyard for the Holy Sepulchre. And this was completely buried. You couldn't even get to the tomb. And there it was. Forgot about. Except when Constantine becomes a Christian, he comes over and says, where's this place at? And the Christian says, it's buried here. Now, a couple things. It's like, how do you know it's real? Well, first of all, they, they, they were talking about it. They remembered it for 100, 200, 200 years, 300, 250 years. They remembered this. But they're not gonna, if you're going to pick a site, you're not going to pick this site. Where was Christ crucified and buried? Underneath the statue of Jupiter, right by Venus. It's like, and it's inside the city walls. By that time, the city wall, it's called, and the city's called Aaliyah Capitalia. It's not even Jerusalem, and it's, it's got walls. This, this is inside the middle of the city, and Jesus was crucified and buried. The place of the resurrection is under this pagan shrine. Now, if you're making up a legend, that's not how you'd make up a legend. The very fact that they pointed at this, Constantine moved all of the building off of it, excavated it, and for some reason, they discovered the tomb of Christ. Now, if they found car, they don't know. It's just like they found, they, they found a tomb, just like they said it was. Now, and that's where this comes from. Now, it matches the, the layout. We've already seen the maps. It matches the layout of the city from the time of Christ. It matches the story that it's underneath here. And when they excavated it, it everything was there. So again, I can tell you for certain that the garden tomb way on the north side of Jerusalem is not the right tomb. The Protestants like that one, like I said before, because the time, by the time there was any Protestants, 1500 A.D., church had been functioning for 1500 years without protestants and uh there's greek orthodox and, and and latin or the roman catholic and so they'd they'd all taken claim to this and as a protestant come in they're like the new kid in town there's no place for you so the protestants they like the garden tomb because ah no one else claimed this well it's a pretty good indication you're wrong because you had 15 years to claim it and no one wanted it oh we'll take it and so the protestants they'll sometimes will get really excited about that and they got little peaceful gardens and stuff nonetheless Okay, I appreciate you listening. Okay, there it is again. That's just a, a drawing of Jupiter, or flipped around. 
uh, the way they are there. Okay, now this is an example of, like I saw about, I'm standing on the Temple Mount, taking a picture of the bottom of the Mount of Olives. This is the Kidron Valley. We can walk down there. This all is rock. But sometime during the New Testament time, during Jesus' lifetime, one of the priests carved out, his team, his construction team, cut right out of the rock. They didn't build that in there. That's part of the rock. Does that make you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I'm saying that because I didn't fully understand it. For you know, I go over there and take pictures and talk. And I find it's like, oh, they just carved it out of there. So that is originally part of that bedrock. It's, it's, it's just cut out of there. And they, they did that many times. There's a little door stairway right here. You can see right there, a little stairway right there that you can go up here and go in and walk through a channel here and stand right there between those pillars and look out at the city of Jerusalem over the Kidron Valley. And you can see the burial benches and little coves they've got cut in there to put the bodies. That was how they practiced burial 50 B.C. to 70 A.D. This is what they're doing. So this is all, this is like the monument for this family's tomb. Now, would you like to have that kind of real estate? Just right off the temple, you see the whole family's graveyard right there. So these people were very wealthy. There's another unfinished tomb taking place right here. The point I'm showing you, the reason I'm showing you this is when Constantine cuts the Holy Sepulcher in 326 B.C., this is what he's doing to the tomb of Christ. There's a tomb there, you burial chambers, and then he cuts this, cuts everything out, so he's got this. In 1000, like 1009 A.D., the Muslims regain control, and they just crush this little building, just crush it. The church hold not this one, it's still there. And they just, all the rubble just covered up the burial bench. And so just a little bit of these walls left and the burial bench, and the crusaders came in and pulled all that stuff off and then tried to rebuild what they could because it got destroyed by the Muslims. Most of the time, Muslims seem to be pretty peaceful, logical type of people that you can reason with, and they don't usually blow things up or stuff like that. But this time, back in like 1000 AD, they were kind of like, they were kind of like terrorists and stuff and killed all the other religions. If you weren't Muslim, they would like kill you or make you convert. Things have really civilized since then. It's a lot different nowadays. Um, and so it's nice that we're in this age of progression where religions can work, you know, like we all have those coexist bumpers on our, our bumper stickers and we all like, you know, it, it all live peacefully ever after. Thank, thank, thanks a lot to John and Yoko. Without John and Yoko, uh, give peace a chance. Muslims would still be terrorizing people in the Middle East and in cities across the United States. But since the Beatles and John and Yoko, everything's kind of leveled off. We became more level-headed. So it's nice to be living in the modern times instead of in these barbaric times like they had in a thousand years ago. Nonetheless, that's still there today. And the whole point for showing you that is that's how you carve that out. All right. There it is again, close up. And here is me. That's another one. This is called, it's not, but it's called the Absalom's Monument, but it's not. Uh, this has actually got some pieces of rock that they've built added to it. They've carved it out. You see how it's carved out? But they've added some different things to it. So that's, that's a little bit of building going on on that. That's also in the Kidron Valley. Uh, there is the car inside. This is the building he builds. Constantine's going to build over the Holy Sepulchre. He's going to carve out the building, the stone, and then build this big dome over it. Uh, here is the basilica, the building, where you'd have the church service. Here's a little, see a little cove right there? That's where the, the pastor or the minister would stand. There's little windows there. And right in the backdrop, there would be Calvary right there. This is, this is 325, an open courtyard because there was a garden there. And then they'd cut away all those rocks. And all you got left is the stone of, that covers up Jesus' burial place. Then they built a big basilica or sepulcher over that. That was what was there in 325. And then the Muslims come in. It got destroyed by the Persians, and the Muslims come in, take control, and eventually they crush it. And the Crusaders have to rebuild it. And that's where this is going. This is now a, a top view. Same thing in the Basilica, the open courtyard. This would be Calvary right here. This would be the little building that's gone. Okay, it's gone. They, they got crushed. That would be what they was left. That would match what is on, like I showed those pictures on the, on the Kidron Valley. That's what's left there. And then there would be these pillars. These pillars were huge marble pillars going all the way around this big dome. They may still be there, but they're like half the size. And I don't have any, I, didn't, I could, but I didn't take time to show you pictures because I thought that I was already pushing 
my limits here. But some of those pillars are still there today, but they're a lot smaller from 325. So that's the floor plan of that. Now, this is the floor plan today. If you go to the Holy Sepulchre today, you'll be like, what is going on? It's, it's crazy. Uh, because it makes no sense. I went there the first time, and it's like, I mean, I walked in the first time on a, with, a, with Carl Rasmussen. We're, we're going through archaeological sites, and I'm walking through it, and I'm just overwhelmed. There's, there's like six or seven different religious Christian sects working in there. They've all got their own priests. They're all burned their different incense, and they're all very territorial. Uh, and they're not interested in you at all. You're, you're a visitor. You're a tourist. They are busy doing their job. And so uh, one thing, I mean, Tony was kind of put off by it, almost scared. They're busy chanting and singing, burning their incense, and they just walk right past you, right into you. And you're like, well, because they're like, they, they work there. It'd be like, think of something. And then you got tourists coming in, looking at what you're doing. And so they work there, and you're just in the way. And it's dark, and it's old. Again, not like the 1800s, like old, like Crusader, 1000 A.D., old and everything is like really special really really deck like you've seen stuff from the 70s okay think of the 70s all the cool colors we had in the 70s or one thing you see on facebook sometimes they ha- someone puts stuff up about the 70s uh, they'll share pictures like the bathrooms in the 70s you had the shade carpet on the floor the shade carpet on the toilet bowl had the shade carpet on the 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 lid everything it's like oh but i remember what wow this is cool everything's blue shade carpet and then it's like and now you look at it or green or whatever the color was and you look at it's like oh we we live like that and every you know as fads change well imagine a thousand years of fads there's still stuff there from the 70s but like not 1970 but like you know 1370 when it was really cool to dress like this or decorate like this it's still there covered over with what was cool in 1420 covered over by what was cool and it's like it's just like and of course a little mind like mine walks in from iowa it's like i don't even like it's i don't even like it's creepy it's like it's scary it looks like a haunted house plus there's smoke everywhere so i I said well that ain't it i really i my first time i saw that it's like this ain't it. This is stupid. Walk out. And I went back and I started reading in my room that night. And it's like going through this history like, oh my gosh. So I had to go back a couple days later, got up real early in the morning. This was 2007 and went through it all by myself. All, I just, before the crowds were there, they opened the door. Now, oh boy, you know who's in charge of the entrance right here? The key for hundreds of years, going back to like the 1300s. Muslims. Muslims. And we watched them one night in 2012, 2010, 20 I was there, when they closed it, and there's a family that hands the key down, and the Christians got together and says, we, we can't do this, because we'll just, we'll just fight. So a Muslim has been in charge of this key. They, it's an ancient key. They open the doors and shut the doors for the Christians, so the Christians don't kill each other. So in that case, the Muslims are bringing peace to the Christian world, because we can't get along in there. But nonetheless... Uh, I went there early one morning and walked through it after I'd read about it, and it's like you could you could begin to see it. It's been every time I studied, I learned more because look at all these rooms. So the the Greek, there's a chapels. Oh, that, that, okay, but anyway, that's what it looks like today. This is Calvary right here, and there's the rock is parts of the stone. Or it's a, an abandoned quarry, so some of it is, can still be seen. Uh, this is the latin calvary when you go up you've got to go up there's some steps right here these little steps you go up the steps because you got to go up to the second floor and right here's the latin calvary that would be the roman catholic uh altars right there right here right next to it is the greek calvary or the greek orthodox notice there's some stone right here you see a little bit here but you can see a lot right here of this top of calvary what was left there and it's on the second floor because everything underneath it is Calvary. You can go under, down underneath here and go underneath on the first floor and look at through a wall and see the stone of Calvary. I don't have, I've got pictures in my book of that, but I didn't take time. There's the stairs. Okay, you see these stairs right here? 
You go up these stairs and you, get, you come out on the second floor. And there they are. And they, they're dipped because they've been used for hundreds of years. Now up here, you can see behind there is Calvary. But you can see the stone up there. And there is the stone. On one side, there's an altar here. Or there's, this is the altar. And this right here is a glass case covering part of Calvary. Right there. And on the other side of the altar, you can see more glass case. And that, that's part of the Calvary. Now I see it's got glass on it. Why is it covered up? Because tourists, like me, would chip a stone off of it and bring it home. And they, they had to do that for, for several places to cover it up because, well, I would just want it as a relic. No, 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 no. I'd want it as a souvenir or, yeah, a, a, an artifact. Christendom would take stuff like that and turn it into a relic that if you touched it, you'd get healed or you kissed it, you'd get pro- whatever. It'd become magical. And they've got all that taking place through Christianity throughout. And the, the, the Protestants kind of helped stop some of that because before the Protestants came, there was like what, what it was Martin Luther or somebody, they, they had gone through Tischendorf, not Tischendorf, uh, it wasn't Tischendorf, uh, but Brown, Martin Luther's time, they had wood from the original cross. And there was so much wood in different churches, fragments of the cross, for like, like 10,000 crosses. Meaning it's like you all don't have pieces of the cross. But nonetheless, relics were huge. They built churches around relics. And sometimes a, a saint or, you know, a person that was a great Christian could be the relic. I mean, your body could become the relic and you'd build a church around. But nonetheless, that's covered up. But that is Calvary. That is me getting as close as I can to chipping off a piece of Calvary. This right here is Calvary right here. I'm on the second floor. I'm at the, uh, uh, I'm at the Greek Orthodox Calvary. It doesn't say right there, but I'm on the Greek Orthodox. The Latin's over there. There's Calvary. There's the altar. And there's Calvary. A lot of times you see people down there in prayer knelt over and praying i'm not I, I, i'm not i'm taking pictures but i but there's a hole you can put your hand down a hole and actually touch the stone you touch you know and now you'll probably want to shake my hand after class because i've touched calvary but that that is what's that's what's happening right there for for that right there i couldn't get see my bag i got my all my tools there and my drill and stuff i it, i couldn't get it down and i was trying it's early in the morning and it's like i, I couldn't get anything i was like and then they put me on a plane and made me fly home. Okay. <laughs> that, so that's where I'm at right there, touching that stone, Cal- Greek Calvary, Latin Calvary. There's the steps. Then you can go downstairs here and walk 100, 125 feet over here, and that would be the burial place of, of Christ. And there we are. That's that picture again. That's the Latin Calvary. Back there's the, or that's the Greek. That's the Latin Calvary. Up There's the steps going up. You can walk across up there to touch it, then come down a set of stairways here. You can go underneath there, in fact, like right in here, and you can see part of the Calvary stone right there. And then just this far, 120 feet, and right here is going to be what is now the sepulcher over Christ's burial. Uh, the original one got crushed, and so they had to build a really, you'll see a picture of it here. It, okay, <clears throat> this is in Galilee. This is a rolling stone tomb. That would roll. Now they're making a road. They made this road. And as they're making this road, it's like, whoa, this is there. Uncovered it. And so it's like, well, they put a metal band around it so it doesn't break because of the weather. But they had to go around, and there's a tomb there. So you can go in there. But once you get, that's the room you would enter. But then when you got in there, there'd be like those little grooves to put bodies and burial benches and stuff. A whole apparatus. And here's some pictures of it, possibly. There, there's that from the other side looking in. I'm looking in here. I went in here and took this picture. So this picture is me standing in there looking across here. You can see this room is this floor, and these are the places where they'd slide the bodies when they were wrapped up, then drag them out and put the bones in an ossuary box. That's behind this stone, and here's these little compartments there. And that's in Galilee. That is not the tomb of Christ, okay? But that's what it would have been like, that Josephus was cutting something like this. It's probably from... 550 B.C. to about 70 A.D. was probably when this was in use. Uh, this is some tombs I'm going to show. This is the tombs I was showing you in the Kidron Valley, the, the one that was cut right here. This one right here. 
and you go up here into these places. I'm going to show you some pictures. You go into there. You can come up little steps and walk across through a tunnel into this area here. This is what's in there. Uh, the, the monuments further to the side, but there's a shelf, a bench going all the way around, and then there's those, they're niches, or they're called kuhim. That would be I-M, like plural, kuhim. Uh, benches with kuhim, if I'm saying it correctly, and that would be where they'd slide the bodies, and that's inside there. That would be another example. You're looking inside of a place there. There's another, there's the benches and the places to slide bodies. Or the, these ossuaries. All these ossuaries would have to be put somewhere, and they would just, like files. They'd just stack them up like files. And that's what they're planning on doing with Jesus' body. Now remember, David writes that he won't not, he says his, he'll not let his Holy One see decay. He knows he'll live again. And Peter refers to that on, on, on the, in, in the book of Acts in one of his first sermons. But they're putting Jesus' body in the tomb, anticipating it would be decayed, pick the bones up, put it in an ossuary box. Of course, like the psalm says, he'll not let his Holy One see decay. He'll not let his Holy One decompose. He's going to come back to life before that takes place. There's some ossuary boxes right there. There's another ossuary. See, this one's a little bit more decorative. And again, they're, they're like this big. They're stone. There's that picture right there. We're going to talk about the steps going up here. Now, this next picture, I'm standing inside here, looking this way. I'm looking. You're going to see this corner of the Temple Mount. I'm right here looking this way. So you're going to look, I'm looking down the Kidron Valley. I'm just going to catch the corner of that, that southwest corner. Right here it is. There it is. See that pillar? See those round pillars? I'm standing right behind that pillar. And there's the southeast corner of the Temple there, as we talk about the city of David and the, on Tuesday nights, the, the tumbling stones that came, the terrace that came down off the step stones, that'd be behind this pole right about down in here. But we're looking down the Kidron Valley, that's Silwan, and down there would be where the Hinnom Valley meets. But that's, you're standing inside. If I turned around, I'd see those benches and the grooves, the tombs. There's a, that, now I'm in the Kidron Valley looking up at that very same tomb. And there you can see, I'm just doing this. This is the tomb. This is the rock they cut away to form the tomb. And here's another picture of the same thing on the other side. You know, they just, a lot of work. And it's amazing work when you think about it. Now, this is what was there. I'm showing you those pictures to show you what would have been right here in Constantine's day when he got done do, doing it. Now, right here, it's kind of cool. I, I, you know, I, I really got excited about it. But on the back side of here, the, the, in 109, 1009, the, the caliph, the Muslim leader, had this place crushed. So it all just piled up and they just left it. Crusaders come by and start pulling stuff off and they find remnants of Constantine's original sepulcher. Right here, there's a little chapel on the backside. If you go in here, you can walk around just a little bit. It's hard to go in there and stand into, and you can see the burial bench of Christ. We'll talk about that. But you're in this little room. That's right here. But on the, there's a wall, but on the back side of that wall, you can come around this side and walk into another chapel, a little, little bitty room. And if you look down on the floor, just like, you see the carving right here? See the, the, the little, uh, 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 what would you call it? The, the trim work, the, the carving, the stone work. And it doesn't, you don't see it real good on any of those. But if you knocked all this, down, see up here? If you knocked all this down, it would cover up this trim work around the bottom. Well, in this room right here, there is some of that left, right? There it is. That is, now that's, you don't know, you can't understand that. There it is right there. This is the floor. This is the back side of the tomb of Christ. And this would be part of Constantine's wall, his little sepulcher that he cut out of the stone. This is a chapel right here. And they're just there because they can see the altar, because you can see that's original stone from Jesus' tomb that was carved by Constantine's men to make the backside of the Holy Sepulchre that Jesus' tomb was in. There's the floor, there's a little altar, and there's a priest sitting there guarding it because guys like me come in and touch it and take pictures of it because that's how I got that picture. And it's like after I had enough pictures, I got up and left. 
but they're just sitting there. He's praying or doing something. But on the other side would be, that would be where the back wall of Constantine's carving was. And you can see that right there. It looks kind of cool, right? There it is. And right up here, that's, you know, new brick stone. But it, it got, tell us how far it got broken down. <coughs> that, my friends, is today's Holy Sepulchre. Uh, remember, it was crushed. So this is all manufactured. And you can see the gaudiness of it. Again, as a, a Westerner, from the 1960s, I would have thought one thing. A Westerner from the 1970s, culture had changed. You got different colors, and you got tie-dyed stuff. And then now I'm a Westerner from 2023 in another millennium. Uh, this looks bad because of this. It doesn't match the 60s or the 70s or the 90s. or It doesn't match anything. It's like, what is this? That's a thousand years of church tradition. So just respect it for what it is. I'm telling myself this. Respect it for what someone at one point thought, that's really awesome. And then someone added to it and added to it. But this is not original. This was built up around what was left after the Muslims crushed it in 1009. I was around on the backside of this touching the baseboard, not the baseboard, but the, I'm trying to think of a better word for the, the trim around the bottom. But you, there's a front door right there you go into. This is, again, built up. Now I'm going into the front. There's the burial bench. We'll talk about the burial bench. Now I'm going in. All this is mo not modern. This is all fabricated. None of this is original. This is all from, you know, the Crusaders. Sometime in the last thousand years, this has all been cut. And now I'm inside that little room. That This is not original, but on the other side of that, a few feet over, is what that, that base I was touching. This is the burial bench and this is all just marble i'll show you a picture that i drew this is just marble held up with these beams so it doesn't fall off so it's like why, what are these here that's holding the marble up to recreate a wall to give the impression of the holy sepulcher but inside there sandwiched between two pieces is part of the wall that wasn't broken and over on the other side of this is part of the wall because when it came crashing down, they had to stop crushing it because it's all buried. So when they moved it, they found part of the original walls coming up here. They found the burial bench. They found part of the original wall coming up here. Now, that's not original uh, except the fact that it's the original rock that was carved by Constantine because originally this was looked a lot like those images I showed you of the tombs on, uh, in the Kidron Valley on the side of Mount of Olives. There'd be little niches and burial benches and stuff. And this would be the burial bench. All right. This is the burial bench. Now, this is interesting. This was put there, and I've got the date coming up here, I think. 1550, maybe. 1505, 1550. This burial bench was set there and was not moved until about two or three years ago when National Geographic had permission to have, like, and, and all the priests, the Christian priests, not the Protestants, because the Protestants have nothing to do with this. You can just take pictures and go back to your world, but you, can't, you, you have no right. They, the, they all got together. They agreed to let National Geographic come in and examine this sepulcher. What is really here? Because you can't touch it. You, there's, there's even uh, it's a very classic picture. I don't have one here. On the outside of the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, there's a ladder standing by a window. And, that, and it's, it's in every picture that's ever been taken of the church, it's just a little wooden ladder from like the 1800s. It's not like something you pick up at Menards. It's a little wooden ladder because at some point in the 1860s or 70s, it's in, I got it, the details of my book. I haven't looked at it for a while. A priest put it there to whitewash the windows or something. And because they put it there, they'll move it when they're ready. And all the other priests can't move it, but they want it moved. I'm paraphrasing. And so we put it there. When are you going to move it? When we're ready. And we're not ready because it's our jurisdiction. And so every picture anybody's taken of the front, of the crusader front of the Church of the Holy Spirit, because photography developed after it was put there. And so all my pictures, there's a little ladder leaning against the window. And now it's, now it's a tradition that that ladder is always there. So never mind. They got permission from these people 
to lift this up and see what's underneath there. Now, this is crunch time for Christians because you lift it up right there and there's, you know, a Quran laying there. Uh, oh, uh, not Christian. Or it's, you know, some Egyptian carving or, you know, whatever. They lift it up and they're going to find certain things. And I'll show you here. They're going to lift this up and examine this. And the reason they say this, this is split in two pieces is, again, this is what they say. Now, if it's right or not, it's just what they say, is these are two marble slabs. If it was one big marble slab, the Muslims would have stolen it. But they cut it so it's not as valuable because it's two small pieces. So uh, it's not worth the trouble. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Here you go. See, this recognize this picture right here. This is my drawing of what National Geographic found. This was the limestone or the, 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 the marble bench that we can see today that I've got pictures of. I've touched that. When they lifted this off, now they only had like 48 hours to do the whole thing. You can do it, but you've got two days. So they've got camera crews there. They've got everything is being videotaped, documented. They lift this off. That's been there since 1555. That has not been moved since 1555. Are you sure? Yeah, because none of the priests would let you touch it. So it's like, no, no one's touched that since before the Protestant Reformation took place. Now, when they took that off, they saw another gray a burial bench slab. It's a marble from the 300s A.D. This comes from the days of Constantine. And it had, some, it had an incised cross. It, uh, it looked like a, a cross from the Byzantine period carved in it. And this is some kind of uh, gypsum mortar right here. So that's, it was glued down with some kind of ancient 300 A.D. concrete or gypsum that was sealing it down. So they now have got this. And now we go back to 300s. There's a cross on this from the 300s and a, and a slab, a big slab right there. And I don't have pictures of that. I wasn't part of the... National Geographic team allowed in there to take pictures. Um, you can see them online. Uh, but that was, that gave, all of a sudden, that gives you 1,700 years of tradition goes back, and they thought whatever's underneath there was important enough to cover up that burial bench, which confirmed all the stories that had been told about what Constantine did and what everything took place. And what, what they found underneath there, then when they took that off, they found the original burial bench underneath there um and so this yellow would be the original stone of the tomb of christ and potentially this is where christ laid on not on the limestone that's from the 1500s not on the gray that's from the 300s but the reason constantine covered it up was the same reason we cover stuff up because they're chipping away at it and if you if that had been allowed every pilgrim take a little bit of the there would be no nothing left so they covered it up. So that, that preserved that, and that dates back to, it's two feet tall, kind of the same thing that we saw in those other tombs. Original bench from the bedrock, carved right there. And then on this side, coming up four feet, was the original wall. And over on this side, coming up five feet, was the original stone that's behind right here. This is a fabric, give you the impression there's a wall there, because it's been broken. But coming up about five feet is the original stone that had been cut out by Constantine of this, of this tomb. Does that make sense at all? And so it's interesting. Uh, 1160s A.D., marble cladding to cover the damage done by El Hikim and restore the original crush wall. That's the, that's the caliph that commanded the destruction of this. And so that's in the 1100s. This was put up in the 1100s. So this has been hanging there braced up for about a thousand years now this last year since I've, i haven't been there since this it appears what i read that they've cut a hole in this marble cladding so you can see this wall right here you can see in there like you can see calvary stone you can see this stone uh, and i haven't been there to see that there's the marble bench i think this is a video see this is me walking in yeah this is 30 seconds there's, and again, it's pretty, you know, you're like pretty close, and there's some other people in there, so I'm trying not to get them in the video to ruin, make it look like I'm there by myself. That's, that's again, 1100s. That wall's 1100s. That wall's 1100s. That's the marble bench from the 1500s that 
National Geographic is going to move in about six, seven years after I took this video. There's a picture. And then right underneath there is going to be that gray, and then the burial benches underneath there. So that, that is right here. And, of course, put a Bible verse there. Uh, now, are you still okay? Calvary, the burial, the tomb of Christ. If you go way here in the back, go past, go, the Coptic chapel right here has the base of Constantine's uh, uh, sepulcher. There's a Syrian chapel here. And if you can get through there and come over into here, you see these right here? Those are part of an ancient first century tomb. It may have been part of this tomb, for, for example, but probably other people were digging tombs right here, and this is where they were going to place the bodies, and they probably did. And so when you go back there, that's what you see right back there. So that's Calvary. There's the supposed tomb of Christ. Are you sure? Well, that's, it all matches so far, but now you go back here. What's, this was never cut out by anybody. This was just left and abandoned. It's just part of the building. Part, it's just in the ground, in the original stone. There you have it. Those are where they'd slide bodies in there. For, and there's uh, several of them back there. And that's would be cut out for wrapping a body and putting it back in there. So those are part of the tomb. Oh, and that's it. All right. Any questions? Is that interesting? Is that all? I mean, right? No, that's that's the stone. No, that's okay. that's just maybe it's age, maybe it's. But yeah, that's just yeah because the when you I think if you cut yeah I, you know what I don't know for sure. But there's so much incense being, that place is smoky. There's, I mean, you've got a thousand years of just burning candle. I mean, there's candles burning everywhere. So it, it might be soot, I don't know. But yeah, it does seem burnt and dark or stained. Compared to if you cut limestone, you'd expect something a little bit cleaner looking. Yeah. And plus, it's, some of it's damp and cold. You know, it's just like dark. So you've got smoke, dark, damp. It's like, it's one of those places where, it's like I said, you go in there the first time, it's like, yeah, this is not where Jesus was resurrected. And then you research, it's like, this is exactly where Jesus was resurrected. I mean, this is, of course, you got church building over it. So, nonetheless, any other questions, thoughts about that at all? I mean, right, right, exactly. The, the, the oil from your hands, a lot of that stuff, you, you, like hand railings and stuff. The older, I went into a, one of the hotels, the Petra Hotel from the 1800s. To get one of the pictures from the backside of the Church of Holy Sepulchre and, and Hezekiah's pool, but I, I went in there and it's it's from the 1860s or something. It, it was a, a pal. It's where Mark Twain stayed when Mark Twain went over there. He stayed at the Petra Hotel. So I, I don't know. They've changed the carpet. You know, I, I mean the handwriting. I mean it's everything like you talk about. Everything's it, it's so different for someone like a, a Westerner from West Des Moines, where yeah you know Valley West Mall that's that's getting pretty old. Yeah, well, you remember Merle Hay? Oh, yeah, back when I was a kid, I remember Merle Hay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty run. That's pretty old. It's like, well, that's nothing compared to, you know, a thousand years. We're talking the 70s, and it's like, ah, it's pretty much ready to be bulldozed. Well, these things, they, they just keep, you know, working with them. So it's a, different, it's a different, different thing, and you have to start thinking a little different and understanding it. Anything else? Any other? I mean, that's a lot of time. Uh, I've got notes for tonight, <laughs> uh, but I but and then and the pictures are on here. But I think probably the best thing to do would be to stop, and unless because otherwise it's going to get really. I can tell tonight's audio is not going to be a great thing to listen to on your podcast. It's like, <laughs> what a great class! It's like. Uh, but yeah, what we're, we'll talk about next week is just, you know, Jesus coming, you know, going to the crucifixion. It's all on the notes there. And then go from the crucifixion, the burial will take place. And uh, Mark records some details about it, uh, obviously. One of the big things is going to be that, that as I study this, is Mark really seems like this is, with all, there's like four or five references of Jesus being called King of the Jews uh, by different people. Uh, and he is, in a sense, seated 
you know, sometimes there'd be a seat, a bench on here. In fact, some people would be, they'd say they're sitting on a cross because there'd be a, a small bench there. In glory, uh, they've already put a crown on him. They put purple garments on him. They said, hail to the king of the Jews. And then James and John had asked, can we sit on your right and on your left when you come into your glory? And Jesus says, are you able to do that? He says, those places are reserved for those that my father has given. Uh, Matthew says part of that too. Well, right here on his right and on his left are two thieves seated with him in his glory. And so all of this looks like disgrace. And it is the crucifixion of Christ but it is the road to glory. And even in the mocking and mislabeling him, they label him correctly. They put a sign on here that he had to carry Roman and Jewish law and custom. You had to write on here the crime of the crucified man or person. And what they wrote on there, his crime, king of the Jews. And even in the mocking... And even when Pilate says, and I'll read it to you next week, even Pilate says, so you're the king of the Jews. And Jesus doesn't say, no, that's what they say. He says, that's what you said. It's like, that's what you think? It's, it's like he doesn't say no because he is. And in all of these things, the mocking, the purple robe, the crown of thorns, the hailing, the seating him in, 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 in shame on the cross between two thieves, labeling him king of the Jews, it's like, sorry guys, you're, you're, you're getting this right every step of the way. You've just glorified the Son of Man. He is now, this is what he had to do to earn his place in the kingdom. If you want to say earn his place in the kingdom. He, he went to the Philippi, Philippians, he went to the lowest to become the highest that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so as you go back and you, you can read the historical aspect of it, but when you go back and see how Mark's writing this, and then at the very end of, of the crucifixion, he die, okay, he dies, and they come and they bring him some water. It's actually, it's described, the word is, you can describe it, it's water mixed with egg and vinegar. And it's something the... Uh, it's like a, a coffee. It's like a Powerade. It's something the Roman soldiers had that they had mixed up water, vinegar, and a little bit of egg in there. And it's like, well, that sounds gross. Well, yeah, look what's in your Powerade bottle. Tell me that's not gross. But uh, it's like they would mix it up. And it was kind of like there were, you know, it's like their coffee. It's kind of like they, 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 you know, I need a shot. I need a drink. I need a drink. And they, they take this. Well, Jesus cries out, Eli, Eli, Lama Sebastiani, meaning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And they think he's calling out Elio means God, uh, Eli means Elijah. And so he calls out, my God, my God, in, in, in Aramaic, they think he's saying, Elijah, Elijah, come help me. And, he's, and it's right after this, he dies. I mean, he's, he, it's probably because of dehydration and, and blood loss. He, he's probably dying of shock. His body's just like, just dying. He cries out, and they bring him this drink, to give it to him and it's it's like oh they're trying to be nice it's one it's the soldier's drink it's it's a it's like coffee it's like powerade it's like it's like looks like he's dying quick give him something we're, we're it's like what's going to happen next what's going to happen next because it had been dark for three hours it had gone dark three hours before and they're in this supernatural darkness there's no it's not a, a lunar eclipse or solar eclipse because it's got a full moon it's not a dusty time, like a dust storm, because it's spring. Everything's wet. It's like there's no reason it's dark. All of a sudden, there's an eclipse, and, or it's dark. It's an eschatological darkness. Amos, Isaiah, all the prophets talk about the day of darkness. It's, it's God's judgment is taking place. It's, it's a supernatural darkness. It's like, how can we explain this? Uh, this is where you're probably going to have to say, it was God. Well, maybe it was some kind of a solar, maybe there's a lot of birds flying over. That's the time the storks migrate through the Middle East. It's like, there's no reason for there to be, a, but it goes dark right here. It's like, there's something happening. 
And the soldier that was standing here that watched this, one of them came up and tried to give him something to drink so he doesn't die. Let's see what happens next. Here, don't, don't, don't die yet and tr- drink this. Try to, you know, take a shot of more caffeine or something, nicotine or whatever. Uh, and then he breathes his last and, and, and gave out a loud, loud cry. And the centurion that was watching it says, surely this is son of God. And that is the first time anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, Peter does in, in, in the Caesarea, Phil, or Caesarea Philippi. But this centurion, after he sees all of this, sees that this is the Son of God. Now, he's not saying a couple things, and I'll quit. He's not saying this is a Son of the Gods. For several reasons. One, that's not the, it's not written that way in the language. It's Son of God or the Son of God. The other reason is they say, well, Caesar was a son of God and, and all these, these heroes could be sons of God. But all of those guys were Caesar or emperor or victor or overcomer or warriors. These guys were the winners. This guy is the king of the Jews. See the sign. These Jews are under oppression by the Romans. They got to get permission for so many things. They're under occupation by the Romans. So the king of the Jews, ooh, and we just killed the king of the Jews. The hope of the Jews is nailed on a cross. A losing people with a dead king. That's not son of God material. That's not the victor, the emperor. This guy's been mocked the whole way. He died with thieves. This, this whole, my point, this whole image right here of what just happened physically in, to the centurion. And he's seen people, he was doing, he had cross duty that day. It's like a traffic cop at an elementary, although not as gruesome. It's like, it's like you see kids every day. You, this is, you, you show up or you're, you've got, a traffic cop you you got mall duty whatever you're whatever you're doing uh you've been here a hundred times it's like this is a typical crowd this is what they're going to do here haha <laughs> that's funny I heard that a hundred times you know and it's like it just keeps going this guy has seen they're probably at crucifixion jokes going on it's like he's not even laughing at him i've heard all the crucifixion jokes it's like I've, I've seen people die and all of a sudden this guy dies hollers out he goes surely this is the son of god and he's not doing it in mockery? No. He, he's not, he might have been before. And he's not saying, this reminds me of Hercules. In what way does this remind you of Hercules? Or this reminds me of, name a great guy. It, 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 look, it, looks, it reminds me of a criminal dying on the cross because he's so, these two guys are still alive. This guy died faster than, died like a wimp. If you might be, I mean, in the sense that he died fast. I mean, he didn't die like a wimp. But whatever takes place. And if we go to Matthew, when Jesus, what do men say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. In Matthew, he says, man did not reveal that to you. My father in heaven revealed that to you. You don't see that by looking at me. That comes from God the Father. Because you, you, meaning, there's stuff happening here that says no, 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 no. But there's also something happening here that's taking and saving mankind, taking Jesus into glory, being seated at the right hand of God, and no one can see that. The priests don't see it. The crowd doesn't see it. The Roman soldiers. But that Roman centurion, when it's all done, it's like, oh my gosh. That was the Son of God. He saw, I think, that, and that, that Mark is not just putting that in there because... You know, if it was just, a, that's the end of the book. I mean, that, that's the end of the crucifixion. Uh, uh, the Roman centurion saying, this is him. That's not, like a, he's not just giving you, and then this guy said this, and this guy says this, and this guy, he's not just giving you what everybody's quoting, and you decide, this guy nailed it. In fact, that is the Christian term. He uses the Christian phrase for Jesus, son of God. That man says it. And so, 
that's all taking place there in, in the in, we got the historical background but we got some things happening there and we'll look at that next week i appreciate you being here thank you for taking time i hope you enjoyed looking at the pictures if if not i i apologize we'll try not to do it next week Father, we do thank you so much for letting us look into these things. We thank you for Jesus Christ, and we do ask that your spirit would continue to reveal to us who Jesus is, that we are faith may not be in signs or wonders or supernatural things, but in the very character of Jesus Christ that has been revealed to us through your word and by your spirit, that we may have hope, that we may have confidence, that we may do the things you've called us to do, uh, trusting in Jesus and doing the works in the, in the power of God. Again, we thank you for this opportunity and ask that you be with our nation, be with the world. Uh, and especially lead us through these these times of of difficulty and and questioning of things that we may again know the right way to go and and be prepared for what you have in store in jesus name we pray amen thank you for being here